Welcome to Champion Educator Podcast. I am your host, Jared Humberg. It had been a dream of mine to start this thing. So here we go. Welcome champions. And like I said in the intro, my name is Jared Humberg. And I had to work up a lot of guts to finally start this podcast. I'm really putting myself out there. But one of the things that I tell my fifth graders is to take risks and to do things that are risky in order to really grow their mind and have a growth mindset. But how are you supposed to teach something if you don't truly believe it? So one of my things is that I am taking a risk and putting myself out there and putting in a lot of time and effort into making this podcast. My main goal through this podcast is to give you things in your classroom, school, and community that you can use to become closer to kids. I'm going to discuss a lot of items relationship-based. I'm also going to talk about a few other strategies I use in my classroom and some other teaching tips and techniques as well. Today, specifically on this podcast, I'm going to give you some background about myself so you know what you're getting yourself into when you listen to Champion Educator Podcast. I'm also going to tell you what being a champion educator is all about. And finally, I'm going to give you the very first step. And the first thing that you can do in your school and community that you can implement tomorrow. So the first thing I'm going to share with you on segment one is that I'm going to share a little bit about myself. I'm a 26-year-old. I am married to my lovely wife, Trenda, and we've been dating ever since high school, or we were dating ever since um, actually junior high. We were junior high sweethearts. And we were able to date all the way through junior high and then high school. And we went, made it through college. And we actually got married this last June, June 23rd, 2018. And now we are expecting a young one in July. So life has been really flying at me and and both of us in our busy lives. I'm actually from... Bertha, Minnesota. It's a tiny little town. It's got a population of about 500. And the crazy thing is, I absolutely love to fish. And you would think a person, a kid that lives in Minnesota gets out fishing all the time and actually don't because Bertha is seriously one of the only places in the entire state where you have to drive more than 30 minutes to a lake. So the few chances I do get to go fishing, I do go. Because I have to drive at least 30 minutes to get there. Though lucky enough, I I do get to hunt quite a bit. And I married into some good hunting land. So there's some good hunting land around birth. And I get to take advantage of that. Hewitt. Population is around 250. It's, it's north of Bertha. About four miles. About. And if, if you talk about two, about 200 people, 300 people in Hewitt, you're counting everyone in the countryside. So not a very huge community, but big enough where we have a nice school here. I grew up at Bertha Hewitt School. I actually grew up a couple blocks away from the school, and that's where my parents lived. And I really enjoyed being able to walk to school every morning. I have no idea what it, what it was like to ride the bus to school or ride the bus home or have travel issues after sports as I was a short walk away. I then went to Central Lakes College after I graduated Bertha Hewitt. 
and I played football. I set a huge goal for myself to play college football, and I was able to achieve that when I went to Central Lakes College, Brainerd. And I played two years of football there. Then I went to Minnesota State University, Moorhead, where I pursued my elementary education degree, and that's where it brings me now. I am a full-time fifth-grade teacher here at Bertha Hewitt. This is my second year, and my first year was a sixth-grade job with Mrs. Kathy Reaver, who was a fantastic teacher and educator, and I really was able to build up a lot of experience just watching her and observing her on an everyday basis as her teaching partner, and then this year, I get to build on that and work with another guy my age named Troy Anderson, and I'm going to talk about the about him in a couple of my podcasts and how it, teaching partners are so, so important in education. I get to live my dream and coach as well. I coach basketball. I never would have thought basketball would have been my top priority. I just love how I can work with a smaller group of kids. Even though I played football and football was such my such a passion for me out of high school and college, I just really love coaching any sport. But basketball is really awesome because you get to work with a little smaller group but big enough where you can make a lot of connections. I coach junior high boys and girls basketball. And once again, coaching just brings me a lot of opportunities to make even stronger connections outside of school and provide opportunities for kids that they more or less wouldn't see otherwise. In segment two, I'm going to talk about being a champion educator. I'm going to first break down the word here. Champion, you are the best. You are the best in competition. You see yourself as the best. You have a lot of confidence. An educator is, of course, someone in the education field. I believe... And I've thought of being a champion educator. I want to be the best teacher I possibly can. I want to be the best person I possibly can. In order to do that, you have to be relationship-driven. You have to be a relationship-driven teacher and person. You have to constantly think about, how can, I relation, how can I get this relationship stronger? How can I make it better? I personally think champion educators look at people in general differently. One moment can change a person's life. It can also, one I think one second can change a student's life. A champion educator needs to have a titch arrogance. I don't love the characteristic of arrogance, but I think having that arrogance that no one can make a relationship better than me is okay. When a kid walks into my classroom... I personally think not a single person on this planet is going to do a better job at making connection or knowing more about this kid than me. And I'm going to fit their needs around that relationship. Our school at Bertha Hewitt has done a nice job at modeling a phrase, the power of one. It symbolizes that one person in someone's life that they can go to at a hard time. And being a champion educator I feel like I'm a power of one for a lot of people. And having that phrase for an entire school is so amazing. Eric Kep and Darren Glenn have done an awesome job. And our our community, our teachers have done a fantastic job at showing 
others were really there for them. Our ripple training has really impacted me as well. Benny Rudrud and Sourcewell over in Staples has done a nice job at attacking the gun issue with essentially just prevention, just relationship-based, being proactive rather than reactive. Jim Sporleader, a Paper Tigers uh, creator, he was he created Paper Tigers essentially, and he was a principal at a school, and he kept saying it only takes one person, it only takes one time, it only takes one moment to turn somebody's life around. And as champion educators, we need to be that one person. No one can make a relationship stronger than you. Anyone can walk into your classroom and teach a lesson probably better than you. They can assess better than you. They can know the content better than you. But you need to have the arrogance and the wherewithal and the awareness that no one is better than you with your kids and their relationships around you at school. Finally, in segment three, I'm going to start you off with a story. My principal, Darren Glenn, I hope he's not listening to this. Earlier this year, we we do our review goals or our, I guess our goals for the year. And one of my goals was to eat lunches with my kids every day or most days. And he said, make sure you have time for yourself. Immediately in the back of my mind, I'm only a second year teacher And me in the back of my mind, I thought, I disagreed with him. I need that time. That's what makes my job awesome. I want to eat with my kids every day. I want to spend that extra time I don't have to teach them. I'm teaching them at when when I eat with them. Lunch should be the most important part of our day as educators. And he's even, even as humans. The great part about eating lunch with my kids, I get to be human. I get to learn about Fortnite. I get to learn about barrel racing and Roblox. I swear every day I get food on my shirt and the kids make fun of me, but that's okay. I even find out that they like Mr. Anderson a little bit more than me, but that's okay too. I get to find out those things most educators don't. We don't have to teach content at the table. We can talk about anything or everything we want. A lot of times I just listen to them because they just need somebody to listen. The crazy thing is I did a little calculations and lunch is about 15 minutes here at Birth Hewitt. Well, that's how much time they actually spend eating. And we have about 165, 170 days. If you do that multiplication, that's 2,475 minutes. That's over a week of time. Extra time you get to spend with your kids just hanging out with them. Now let's cut that down to 10, of course. 1,650 minutes. That's a ton of time you can spend with your kids talking about and building a relationship. And they actually know you care about them outside of them just actually learning. The thing about lunch and dinner, it's really, really intimate. I have found so many things out from lunchtime. I get to share so much laughter. I get to see who's sitting with who. I get to study and make observations with the kids. 
And finally, once again, I get to listen to them. The crazy thing is when you understand who, when you sit down, I try to make my rounds, but when you sit down, the same kids want to come sit with you because they're the ones who need you. I actually took some time off in January from eating lunch with them just to see what happens and see if I could come with any up with any conclusions. And I probably I would make this assumption that behavior problems did arise more often and they increased. And now I still have behavior problems, but I would say I had more then. Now you can make the argument and I don't need to do more often or again. But I think it was interesting to see more behavior problems when I wasn't sitting with them. I just want to talk about a few more things before I wrap it up here. We are extremely underpaid as educators. And as a champion educator, we need to really work on those minutes we get, those extra minutes. Time is the most valuable resource that we never get back. We're already underpaid. My paycheck says 2,475 minutes next to the low dollar amount I have. I challenge you as teachers, principals, superintendents, parents, coaches, parents, to really take advantage of that extra time that we never get back to put on your paycheck. It's tax-free. We don't have to, it doesn't get taxed at all. It's something that I think as educators, and if you want to be a champion educator, you have to take advantage of. If you look into the education field to get rich, you're, you're looking in the wrong place. This is my second year. I'm figuring it out. I can't go to the mall and buy whatever I want, but I'm, I have 2,475 minutes on my paycheck that a lot of other people don't get. We've got to start taking advantage of that. I look forward to interacting with you. Hit me up on Twitter at Jared underscore Humberg. God bless and take care.